We'd like to thank our sponsor, SLC Guitar, for another sweet guitar riff. Welcome to another episode of Build with Breen Homes, where we talk all things construction, business management, and just have a good old time behind the microphone. Welcome to our new series called A Minute with Mr. Breen, as the infamous Mr. Hicks says. So I wanted to kind of do a quick series here and, and give everyone kind of a repeat to uh, a speech that I delivered amongst a group of real estate investors. I, I, I got reached out to a good gym friend of mine that when I say gym friend, uh, an associate that I see in the CrossFit gym almost every morning at 6 a.m. And uh, the associate's a, a friend of mine named Matt that is tied to real estate investors here in Utah. And he asked me if I'd come speak to one of their association groups uh, at a Wednesday night meeting. And that's about all the information I had on it. So I, I, you know, I'd reached out a few times and said, what do you want me to talk about? And uh, he was very general. He said, new construction. And, uh, and said, send me a, a headshot and your slide deck. And uh, then you'll have about 30 to 40 minutes and some Q&A. So I, I kind of spent a couple of days really thinking about, you know, investors, investment. You know, I do have a background in some real estate investment got a background in real estate development, but really my day-to-day -day is new construction for clients, custom homes. And, and so I got thinking, what, what can I teach uh, a group of investors? So I put together a slide deck and I'm gonna kind of deliver a good part of that speech here today. I'm gonna cut out things that made it longer because my goal of this uh, uh, minute with Mr. Breen is to, to really kind of shorten things down and just give some quick thoughts and produce kind of a, a set of mini series as we go along. So what I really got into is, you know, who is Breen Homes and, and you know, what are we? Who is our client? Most of you that, are list, that have listened to our podcast are very familiar with that. Our goal, truly our mission statement at Breen Homes is to build exceptional quality while focusing heavily on trust and communication. And we do that by limiting the number of projects we do. That gives us our main focus on Breen Homes. So, Who's, who's my stereotypical client? If I really had to kind of put a, a pen to paper and this guy decide who we really typically work with, stereotypically we work with clients that are 40 plus years old. Um, the majority of our clients are paying with cash and the majority of, our, majority of our clients are building either their final home or at least kind of their, their foreseeable future home. So then I got kind of thinking a little bit more, what do we specialize in? Well, we specialize in tricky lots, lots that have some hair on them. Um, getting into a lot that's maybe in an infill neighborhood that you would think is mature, developed, ready to go. It may be improved, but it may not be approved or vice versa. And the difference between approved and improved, we're very familiar with hillside lots. Um, we're very familiar with uh, lots that uh, have uh, sensitive land ordinances and slope stability uh, issues and geo geotechnical issues that need to be dealt with. So we put a large focus on, you know, we've, we've kind of found the way to build on lots that no one else wants to build on. That being said, why does a real estate investor care? What, what, does, what does just me, and you know, I, I pun the joke, what can you learn from a dumb contractor, so to speak? Um, investors at any point in time throughout their investment career are going to either one of two things, either act as a contractor and have a client involved, or at some point in time, they're going to hire a contractor uh, and act as the client. 
So I, I kind of put this challenge on the group that I was speaking to, to really be thinking about if they were the contractor in scenarios, or if they were being advised by a contractor, that these are some of the key elements I think they need to look for. So I brought up four key elements. The first one is communication. The second one is trust. Those two elements are the two elements that I have sold my business on uh, over the past 10 years. The third one I brought up is the numbers don't lie. And the fourth one we discussed is upfront work pays off. So first communication. There's two parts of communication I always focus on, active communication and number two, passive communication. Active communication is a must have. Now we are in a generation where active communication is starting to take a back seat. We all wanna find a form of passive communication, but there's still a time and a place for active communication. When you're an investor and you're dealing with a client or you're a client dealing with a contractor, there has to be times where you're not afraid to pick up your phone or meet on the job site and have a face-to-face -face meeting, especially when you're talking finances or cost of things, you need to be doing that in person. So passive communication. We have ample softwares and technologies that give us really good, really constructive passive communication. Find some sort of platform that works for you, whether you're a real estate professional or whether you're a contractor or a subcontractor or you're just doing investment for fun, find some sort of platform that helps you communicate in multiple different ways. So we at Brain Homes use a, a platform called Builder Trend, and it's kind of an all-encompassing communicating platform. So it deals with uh, schedules, um, purchase orders and contracts with subcontractors, updated budgets, financial selections, messaging back and forth, uh, task lists, to-do lists, um, communication uh, you know, on, on change orders. It, it kind of gives us the ability to focus or to, uh, to record any of that type of information and have that kind of go out to anybody and everybody that's necessary on the job. So communication, number one, is probably one of my biggest ones. The second one that I tout and have touted year after year after year is trust. It's that simple. If trust is not apparent, just walk away. I can't tell you how many jobs that we go into the job knowing that there's a lack of trust between the client and a subcontractor subcontractor and interior designer, contractor and client, contractor and subcontractor, whatever it is that trust fails, you have to build the right team that everyone trusts when you're starting to work with large amounts of money and communicating for months and months and months on a time. Find those projects that are win-wins with the team that everyone trusts in, and I promise it'll make for a much smoother project and process and investment along the way. Number three, the numbers don't lie. First, build a real performer. Take the time to input real bids, real estimates, real costs. This can take a lot of time, so don't run away from it. Don't shy away from it. Don't have a quick, I had an hour and I threw it all into a spreadsheet. Take the time to build a real performer. And when we start talking a real performer, put the things in that are real, not just the sticks and bricks of the house. Don't forget your development expenses if they're there. Don't forget your financing fees. Don't forget your professional fees. If you are a professional, charge for your fees. If you're a real estate agent, if you're a contractor, if you're the, the financee, charge for your fees during the cost of the project. One of the ways this is really unique is if you build a performa and you decide to not charge yourself to make the project more profitable in the end, then the next time you go to use that performa, 
you may have forgotten to input those professional fees that you cut out last time. And let's say the next time you're too busy and you're hiring somebody to do what you acted as the professional the previous time, you may number one, completely forget that cost. So make sure to put it in, make sure to pay yourself for those professional fees along the way during the course of the project so that the gain is not necessarily cutting you short on your fees. And last, don't forget holding costs and include slippage. Slippage is what happens when a project takes longer than what you project it to be. I promise you every project you're dealing with right now in today's market is going to have slippage. So put in slippage, pay attention to your numbers. They don't lie. Live and breathe them. Go back to them. Adjust them along the way. Always have the ability to go back and look at what your target is based on your real numbers. The last slide that I wanted to bring up and discuss number four, upfront work. It kind of ties into building a performa but control your outcome with the upfront work. What I mean by this, get multiple bids. I know our clients are right. For years, they've been telling us they expect us to go out and get multiple bids as contractors. And we said, that's dang near impossible. And guess what? It has been. But in today's market, multiple get bids are key. Listen to me. In today's market, multiple bids are key. If you can't get multiple bids, we're kind of on this tipping point of subcontractors, whether they're busy or not, depending on what specific uh, skill you're looking for. There are certain skills out there right now that are still too busy and won't want to bid. So if you run into a scenario like we've recently run into with HVAC, where we cannot get multiple bids, we've actually sent out emails to multiple contractors in that same skill that has said, we will award a thousand dollar signing bonus to whatever bid is comes in and is encompassed as the scope of work and we accept upon acceptance we will award you a thousand dollar cash bonus so be willing to incentivize on those bids to make sure you get those bids Two, compare bids against scopes of work and job specific details and if there's gray areas don't be afraid to ask questions if you're gonna spend the time up front to get bids get contracts into place make sure they match the scope of work you're doing on the job It'll save you from getting in and having surprises and change of scopes of work that start to cause that ball to roll and get out of control when you lose your performa and you lose control of your outcome. Last on your upfront work and controlling your outcome is don't just accept the bid. Once you get a bid, you've agreed to a bid with a subcontractor, I want you to go in, write a scope of work, make sure it includes the detail of what you know is going to be done on the job, Agree to your payment terms and sign an actual contract. I know it takes time up front, but I can promise you when the work is done, it matches the scope of work and matches the cost that you agreed to. You're going to be a lot more willing to pay that and pay it fast than you are if things don't match up. So you've got your four outcomes, or your, your four important things to pay attention to. Communication, trust, numbers don't lie, build yourself a performa, and do your upfront work to control your outcome. If all else fails, there's one thing, one saving grace that I can harp on time after time after time. If all else fails, your performa failed, the market shifted, you exceeded your timeline and had slippage, your financing fell through, your design style just plain out sucked and no one liked it, no one's willing to buy. Have the ability to hold your asset. Have the ability to rent it out, make your payments, Whatever it is, your plan B needs to have the ability to hold it 
till your market comes back. So if we dive into a recession, you need to be able to sit tight and hold on to that project for sometimes it's 12, 24 months, but to gain back your income. You don't want to lose yourself because you couldn't afford your own financing on the project. Have your ability to hold. That's really what I taught these, these uh, investors. I wanted to give them uh, a simple understanding from a, from a contractor's perspective of what we're currently doing in today's market to control this wild sway of are we busy, are we not? Can we, have, can we get subcontractors? Who's in control? Subcontractors or contractors? Are these costs out of control? Guess what? Even though we're starting to see a slowdown in the real estate market, we are still seeing incredible inflation in cost of construction, and we're still struggling today with labor. I have a feeling that labor is about to change, but to be frank with you, I do not believe that inflation or the slowdown of inflation is gonna cause our material costs and our supply costs to start to fall down. And to be frank, most of our employees have gotten very used to the income that they have. I don't see our labor rates taking a big change either. So I, I do believe our construction costs are here to stay, and we're in a little bit of a wild market that we just have to adjust with how today's market is and not go off what the past used to look like. After that, I turned into Q&A, had a great reception, um, but hopefully as I, as I get out, you know, get this mini series out to a few more of you, hopefully you can find that information useful. Hopefully it was quick, short, to the point, uh, and hopefully we can do a few more of these to, to get out there and, and have some fun with them. So thanks for tuning in, thanks for listening, and I hope we can catch you on the next Minute with Mr. Breen.